So over the course of, uh, you know, I think it was three and a half years, three years, we'll call it, um, three seasons, uh, I grew the, the, the youth program from four kids at one point. Uh, at one point on the mat, it was me and 50 children, ages kindergarten through eighth grade. So that was insane. I uh, would have never been able to do it without help from my wife um, and help from my oldest son and some other parent volunteers. I'm not going to say their last names, but uh, people like Michelle, uh, people like Jen, um, you know, those were the folks that, you know, when, when you know, there was Alex and, uh, and his sweetheart, um, you know, because their kids were there too. Um, that would get directly involved and they would help me out. Um, if I needed something, I would ask. And there was a handful of parents that would, you know, really try hard to help me out here. And um, so, like, uh, it was, it became, a, a very quickly became a, a family environment. Um, and there was this guy, uh, his name is, his name is Yuri. And at the end of my first season as a coach, um, he who I had had a hand in coaching a little bit started talking with me and teaching me how to coach, uh, little kids. And, uh, you know, Yuri, if you're listening, uh, I appreciate it. And I, and I love you. Um, so I learned very quickly as I taught, I also learned, but, um, we decided to keep our program insulated and shielded from, uh, Jason coming. Um, and it was very simple, really. Uh, all we did was I would enroll the I would uh, I would go to the coaches meeting at the beginning of every wrestling season, get the schedule, and then I would go through and I would pick each tournament that we were going to go to. And because I had I was running practice um, on the days that he had practice over at the high school, I was pretty much free uh, to determine which kids went to which competition, and it worked out beautifully. Uh, had the parents involved in everything. I explained to the parents my reason, not the kids. I explained to the parents. I'd be like, look, this tournament is a great beginner tournament or this tournament is, uh, you know, a very difficult one. Your kid would not do well here. Not that I think they wouldn't be challenged, but the quality of the kids are going up against would absolutely destroy them. And what I don't want is I don't want kids to get down on themselves and walk away from the sport. Uh, it's so young. So. Uh, this is what we would do over the course of the next three years. Um, now, <clears throat> excuse me, during the course of the time there, um, I heard things. I didn't see them, but I heard them. My wife saw a couple things. There were a few things that I saw as well. Um, and the person who was in charge of the place where we were practicing would frequently come to me. <coughs> Sorry about that. Holy cow. Hang on one second. Let me get a let me get a quick drink here. My apologies. Um, so the person that was in charge of the place where we were training would frequently come to me and would say, hey, I heard this. And I would be like, well, here's the thing about that. And I would tell him what I had seen, what my wife had seen, or what one of our parents had seen and told us as it related to what he was telling me. Uh, a lot of times it didn't pan out 
Um, and that's, and we came to find out later, my wife and I did that this individual, Jason Cumming was very adept at not just covering his ass, but making his behavior, uh, seem like it wasn't as, as, uh, I don't know, cringy as it was made out to be, I guess. Uh, I get what's he would, he would, he found a way to justify everything. Um, you know, we very quickly became, came to the, uh, arose at the conclusion that he was a narcissist. So, um, anywho, <clears throat> my apologies again, anywho, um, so we would hear and see things. And, uh, at this point I had become so wrapped up in, in the, the building that we were in that, uh, you know, they wanted to underwent renovations and my wife and I and my son were taking time from our personal lives to go there and help with it and became very, very invested. And I ended up sort of becoming the facilities guy. So not only was I coaching the little kids, but there was nothing that happened in that building that I didn't know about. So I was, uh, I was paying some of the bills. I was dealing with, um, uh, companies that were coming in and checking the electrical and some of the construction and all that stuff while while also helping with the uh, the bigger kids and and whatnot so I was very much tapped into this place I had all my hands all my fingers in there um, as did my wife so over the course of time more and more stuff was heard uh, including stuff that this guy would say to us now he would come in and he would brag to us that at his other job, um, where he worked, he worked at uh, a place called Crotchet Mountain, where he was um, in charge of, I'm not exactly sure what the classification of kids was up there, um, but it was, it was like, a, it was like a home for kids that were, <sighs> I, I struggle with this, so like some kids were supremely autistic, some kids were strictly behavioral issues. It, it was kind of, it was like a special needs home, I guess. So, and he, he would work third shift up there and he would frequently come in and brag to us about how he had to take this kid down because he was aggressive to the staff and all that. And we were like, you know, we, we'd kind of shine him on a little bit. We'd listen and that would be that. And then, you know, he would tell some other stories that were, this guy always knew everybody. He always knew somebody. He was always... Uh, always had a hand in some type of success in and around the city. He was that kind of person. He the guy had more stories than Dr. Seuss. So we would listen and just kind of shine him on a little bit. And then we'd go out and have our practice and such. And, uh, you know, we started to think, well, maybe some of these stories aren't true. Maybe maybe just his personality is, you know, is pulling these things towards him. Um but we'll keep an ear on it. So we kept listening and hearing more and more stuff and seeing stuff, stuff that would be, you know, completely unacceptable. So it got to the point where um, this this guy took uh, took some kids to a tournament in, in New York, and forty uh, something year old man, shirtless in a hot tub by himself, with a fourteen fifteen year old girl that he drove out there, you know, five hours in his own vehicle alone. So anybody who's got any kind of, any, uh, any kind of antenna pricks up and they're like, wait a minute, that's not right. Male coach, female athlete, underage, on the road by themselves, in a hot tub by themselves. And I've got pictures to prove that it happened. Um, 
you know, and then there's pictures of him with the with the girl on his shoulders, splashing and playing in the pool. Just, you know, on some level, it's it's you look at it and you're like, okay, it's a coach bonding with his kids. But then you look at it a little bit more and you're like, geez, that's that's kind of icky. That's hinky, and it's not right. It do, it doesn't pass the smell test. Um, so then he put those pictures on the on the on Facebook and somebody reported him to the person that ran the place um, where we were at and it was like the eight or ninth report that this that, that kept coming in about this guy about his behavior and every time a report would come in I'd get questioned about it and I'd be like well this is my take on it this is what I saw this is what I heard and uh, eventually when you have photographic proof you know it is what it is so he got a stern talking to um, now on top of everything else before this this guy took over the previous uh guy who ran the place had everything all set up to get this this guy kicked out Jason coming kicked out and the program shut down and in hindsight we should have let it happen but we didn't so uh, on top of this photographic proof now now I start hearing little whispers about my name and uh, I'm no angel I have blown my stack at tournaments it happens I have not met a coach yet who hasn't lost their mind it's just I don't know why, it just it happens. Um, but I start hearing my name connected with his in these negative things, and I was like, wait a minute, let's start listening here. So um, let's put some more distance between us and him regarding this situation. And on top of that, I was running tournaments um, and raising funds and what have you. So <clears throat> it wasn't like I could create distance. It was, unfortunately, I had to embrace certain aspects of his program um, to do things that I needed to do for these kids. So basically my, my wife and I became a shield for these kids. Um, and what we'll do is, man, I really got, I got to take a quick break here. I got to get some more coffee and whatnot. So we'll listen to a little, let's listen to a, uh, let's listen to a little bit of old school, uh, Puff Daddy. It was actually way back then. It's all about the Benjamins. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Uh-huh. Now, what y'all wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers Who be dipping in the bins with the spoilers On the low from the Jake and the Taurus Trying to get my hands on some grants like Horace Yeah, living the raw deal Three-course meal, spaghetti, fettuccine and veal But still, everything's real in the field And what you can't have now, leave when you will But don't knock me for trying to bury Seven zeros over in Rio de Janeiro Ain't nobody's hero, but I wanna be heard On your hot nine-seven, every day that's my word Swimming in women with their own condominiums Five plus fives, who drive millenniums It's all about the Benjamins, what? I get a 50-pound bag of for the mutts Five carrots on my hands with the cuts And something I European chromed out with the clutch the bro, what? 
drinking more liquor, driving a broke bigger. I'm with most sippers, watched by gold diggers, rocking bajor denims with gold zippers. Lost your touch, we kept owls, popping crystals, freaking the three quarter reptiles. Enormous cream, forest green, binge jeep for my team. So while you sleep, I'm a scheme. You see through, so why nobody never gonna believe you? You should do what we do, stack chips like. Don't let the melody intrigue you Cause I leave you I'm only here for that green paper with I'm strictly trying to cop those Colossal size Picassos And have poppy flips Outside though got those The end up With cash flowing like Sosa And the Latin chick Transporting in the Stampede Stampeding over prop modes Never sober Flexing Range Rovers Dealing weight by Minnesota Avoiding arcs with camcorders And Chevy Novas Stash in the building With this chick named Alona From Daytona When I was young I want the boner But now I only hit chicks who win beauty passions Tricking and taking me skin at the Aspens Uh, gangsta mental Stay popping crystal Pack a black pistol in the act coupe that's dark brown Pinky ringing, gondolas with the man singing Italian music down the river with your chick clinging To my bizzles, play you mad for Acting hard when you as f***y as RuPaul's I wanna do, wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. We'll be dipping in the bands with the spoilers. On the low from this Jake in the toilet. Wanna rumble with the B, huh? Throw a hex on the whole family. Dressed in all black like the Omen. Have your friends singing, this is for my homies. And you know me for making it so sick. Lost in my six with the Lex on the wrist. If it's murder, you know she wrote it. German Ruger for your. Deep throated. Know you wanna feel the rule, cause it's platinum coated. Take your pick, got a firearm, you should've told it. All that kick, play a hatin' from the sideline. Get your own shit. Why you ride mine? I'm a good fella, kinda late. Stash the 80s in Mercedes. Puffy, hold me down, baby. Only female in my crew, and I kick shit. Oh, oh, oh. Come on. I've been had skills, crystal still, high bills in Brazil. About a mill of ice grill, make it hard to figure me. Be kicking me in my hole Undercover, Donnie Brasco That's my East Coast girl, the Bentley, the twirl My West Coast shorty, push the chrome 740 Rockin' red man and naughty Oh, with my kitty cat Half a brick of gay, in the bra with her titties at And I'm living that whole life we push weight State, Penn, Foles, and Penn State Listen close, it's Francis, the praying mantis Attack with the map, my left hand spit Right hand grip on the whip for the smooth getaway Player haters, get away, or my lead will spray Squeeze off till I'm empty, don't tempt me Only to hell I send thee, all about the Benji's Why? All about the fucking Benjamins. <laughs> Get money, fuck bitches. <laughs> or the uh, the the proper way to say it: acquire currency, disregard the ladies. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're gonna be, we're gonna pick this up where I left off a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna skip around a smidge. Um, because I'm telling it from my perspective and then 
uh, I got some straight up um, information that's gonna that I'm gonna tell y'all. So, um, so between my second and third year of coaching uh, these the little Griffins, I had an, an influx of kids. Like I said, at one point I had you know fifty something kids on the mat, and there was a group of kids that came in, um, and these kids are fucking insane. But oh my god, do I love the shit out of them. You know, it, it was it, it, at first it was a real struggle trying to get these kids uh to learn, trying to coach these kids. It was a real struggle. Um there were constantly behavior issues, not that they were bad kids, but I had set a very rigid structure uh in my practices because it was important that every kid one is held accountable to the rules because that's how it's going to happen in a match. And two, I had to make sure that I could maintain control. I mean, it was, you know, on the best of days, it would be me, my son, and my wife occasionally would help when she wasn't busy. And I would have 30 or 40 kids. So when you break that down, that's a that's roughly over the course of that season was between 10 and 12 kids to one coach. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever, anybody here has ever coached, but really the scenario you should be looking for is between four and six kids maximum to one coach. When you start dealing with 10 kids, eight kids, 10 kids, 12 kids, you're not succeeding in teaching anything. You're really only succeeding in, uh, I, I guess, uh, behavior control. <laughs> especially when they're little kids. So I had this group of kids come in. Uh, I call them the end kids. They're fucking amazing kids, but oh my God, did they give me fits for a little while. Once we figured this out um, and got everything squared away, they became some of my best kids and some of my favorite kids. Um, they're just awesome kids. Then, uh, right around the same time, uh, Michelle brought her kids. So I had a handful of kids that were really invested and uh, their parents, both Megan and Michelle, along with a few of my other uh, parents, were wonderful. I would say, hey, we got this competition at this time. Let's be here at this time. They would show up. We'd get the kids weighed and checked for skin issues. Then we'd drive out to the competition. Now, after, you know, after a season of doing that, my, you know, my wife and I were like, no, fuck this. <laughs> we're all just going to meet there. And uh, that's how it worked out. But uh, holy crap. So anyway, um, so what we're doing here is today we're discussing uh, we're discussing this whole thing. Um, so as things progressed with these kids and we started seeing more and more success, um, along with that success, this guy decided that he needed to put his face on the success. So every time somebody he knew found even a little bit of success, he would find a way to put his face on it. Um, and this was particularly true with this team that I, myself and my wife and a couple others, had worked really hard. And I mean really hard. Like it was at the point where I had business cards made and at competitions and stuff, I was giving my business cards out to these coaches and be like, look, bring your kids. It's free. Just fill out a waiver. Well, there wasn't a waiver. Then 
until the, towards the end, but it was like, hey, bring your kids. It's free. Then I would find places to bring our kids to for extra training. So like one time, like myself and uh, another, uh, let's see, it was myself, my son, and yeah, and a handful of high schoolers and a, and one of my little ones went down to uh, a place in Massachusetts to get some training. And I, f- I set it up so that it was me and my son in the car. And the first person we picked up, first people we picked up were the guys. And the last kid we picked up was the one female. And then it was the reverse order for drop-offs. It was the females would get, the female would get dropped off first, and then I would drop off the fellas. Um, so there was always uh, two coaches in the vehicle, and at no time was the female alone with the coaches. I did my best. Um, I recognized that some people would be like, that's a little hinky. Well, it's not as hinky as taking a female by yourself six hours one way across state lines and what have you. And the contents of this email, I'm going to talk about it in a little while. So we were, you know, we were coaching and, and this guy was putting his name on our success. And it was starting to piss us off pretty bad. Um, so Because, of course, along with his name on our success came all of his baggage too. So it became tainted no matter what I did. Um, so it was like, okay, you know, we're just going to kind of, kind of ride this out. It's the off season. We're going to make our mark during the season. And we had a lot of success as my, uh, my third year, we had a lot of success with a lot of different kids. Um, so we start, you know, we ride this thing out and then at the, I think it was my third year, it's hard to determine. It's like wrestling seasons. They span two years. They go like technically they go November to March. So it's kind of, you know, it's weird. So my timeline might be off a little bit, but, um, anyway, uh, what happened was, uh, this off season thing comes up and, uh, and this was in, I want to say it was August. We had taken my wife and I had loaded up the kids again, high school kids, and brought them to uh, a clinic where they would be uh, there would be coaches. It was like a almost like a combine. There were coaches. There were high school wrestling coaches that brought their kids, and then uh, it was there were college coaches there that would put these kids through workouts, and they were looking for stuff. And um, we had a few talented high school kids, you know, and and they deserved to go. So we got them there, and uh, as we're as we're sitting there. I became aware of uh, another uh, training opportunity for these kids. And it was, I think it was in Vermont. And I heard about it. Uh, give me one, one second here. I, I got this. I'm looking out the window. And, uh, oh, okay, she's going next door. I saw a woman that I don't recognize parking in front of my house. Um, and she went next door. Anyway, so uh, this is this is uh, coaching opportunity to take certain kids out here. Um, and what I didn't want was I didn't want to take kids that were, you know, pardon the expression, little assholes that were behavior problems because there were a, I had a few. And I didn't want to bring them out three hours one way to be, a, a, to be constantly paying attention to them and moderating their behavior issues 
because some of the parents were absolutely fucking insane too. Um, so what I was trying to do was I was trying to take the kids that deserved it, the kids that worked hard, the kids that behaved, followed the rules, shit like that. It was kind of, it was a reward. Um, I was going to handpick these kids, one, because it was a reward for their behavior, but two, uh, there was also a cost aspect involved. And, you know, I knew, you know, as a coach, you kind of have to know your audience. So when you understand that some parents can afford it and some can't, and there's only a certain amount of help to get their money. So like I could have gone to the place that I was coaching at and be like, Hey, I need X amount of dollars for X amount of kids to go here. That would have probably been fine, but there's a limited amount of funds. So I got to kind of pay attention to that. You know, what do I need now versus what do I need down the road for competitions in the actual season? So anyway, I handpicked these kids and I, uh, you know, and because I'm technically the assistant, which was fucking gay, gay as fuck, I hated it, um, you know, and, and I'm a military guy, I believed in chain of command. So I fucking messaged this to fucking Jason and, uh, and we end up in this whole fucking blowout because he doesn't think that I should have a say in who goes. It should be open to everybody. This motherfucker was a goddamn hypocrite. With some of because he he personally hand selected certain individuals to go to certain places, so this fucker was a hypocrite. So I lost my shit. We went back and forth over text message, and then at the end, I wrote, "Dude, we're at an impasse. I, I, we can't get past this. Um, we'll talk later." And I had every intention of talking to him later. Actually, I think this might have been in September. Yeah, might have been September. Uh, anyway, so the next day. I got a phone call from the people that are in charge of the place I wrestled at or coached at, and they were like, hey, I need you to come in because we got to talk this thing out. So I go in, we start talking, and I explain everything, and they're kind of on board with it, but kind of not really. So I'm like, what the fuck? So then they start talking, and they're like, hey, look, um, you know, there's this other coach over at uh, uh, the YMCA. And they're shutting their program down, so you may have an influx of kids. And I'm like, all right, great. You know, no problem. So that's that. And then I'm, I start hearing that, hey, there might be a change here. You know, you may end up with, with some help. And I'm like, awesome. I'm more than willing to take any kind of help you guys can throw my way. So they said, yeah, but we still got to talk about this thing here. So... We came in, and uh, and they they put the uh, they put the kibosh on it. And they're like, "Look, I can't. We can't send these kids to this thing." And they're like, uh, "You know, this is what's going on." I said, "Okay, fine." And at the time, my my uh, my wife had she'd had enough. She's like, "You know what? I don't think this is worth it. We need to reevaluate our position." And uh, we were told, "Hey, why don't you? Uh, you guys have been going at this nonstop. Let's take a couple weeks." You know, take some you time and we'll come back to it. So over the course of that you time, my wife was like, you know what? I'm I'm not going back. I'm done. Okay, no problem. Clean out her office. I end up, you know, with just a desk, a phone and some, some uh, wrestling stuff. And, uh, and I end up just kind of occupying a space there for a little while. And, uh, you know, things kind of started getting really difficult. And then finally I told them, I said, look... I'm taking a little bit of time and we're going to, we're going to talk about this when I get, when I get back. 
Uh, and they were like, that's a great idea. We're going to have a meeting. Well, no, I'm sorry. No, they were like, you need to take some time and just kind of relax. And then I said, okay. And they said, we'll have a meeting when you get back and we'll figure all this stuff out with what's going on with what. Because then they had heard that I wasn't speaking with Jason and that there were issues internally and, you know, they didn't want that. So I was like, fine, no problem. Um, we'll take the time off. So as my wife and I were taking our time off, uh, I decided to walk away. And I said, you know, I'm going to walk away at the end of the upcoming season once we get once we hit March, I'm done. And I told the pe- the powers that be, and they were like, all right, we'll talk more about it when you get back. So uh, our discussion, I'll give you all a little heads up, was a little bit animated, but we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side of this because um, I need a drink again because I'm talking a lot. So let's listen to a little bit. Let's listen to the Joker. Some people call me the space cowboy. Music in the sun 
Peaches wanna shake your tree.